Yeah, I, I believe that as we're walking into this next year that there's going to be healing that's going to take place. And, you know, I, I want to actually pray that right now as well. If, if you have any pain in your body at all, if you're struggling with any stand, because after hearing a testimony like that, we might as well pray, right? Because it increases our faith, right? So if you have any pain at all, go ahead and stand. I also want to pray and contend and uh, pray for the Bohais. They're all fighting sickness. And I know you have many family that are, and friends that are fighting sickness right now. It's going around. We're going to contend for breakthrough over that as well. So just the posture of receiving, is it could be any way like this or like this, whatever way you want. But Lord, Holy Spirit, we thank you for that testimony. We thank you, God, that you are still in the business of healing today. That you are such a good king, such a good savior. That we ask and we declare healing over the bodies right now in Jesus' name. We ask right now, whatever's wrong, get you make it right. We thank you that your blood can cover not just our sin, but it, could co- it covers all our illness and brokenness. And so, Lord, we ask right now, by your blood and by your stripes, we're healed. And I declare that over our temples, over our bodies today. That many, as we walk out here, as starting a new year, we're walking in healing. I believe it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So it'd be good if you did receive healing that you also just give God the glory. And you could share it. You could share it with us. You could share it with one another. Because that increases our faith. Amen. So happy new year, guys. I'm Pastor Andrew. It's good to see. Did you guys hear um, about the race between the lettuce and tomato? The lettuce was ahead, and the tomato was trying to catch up. Uh oh. All right, all right. Uh, why, why did the tomato turn red? Because it saw the salad dressing. All right, enough of the tomato jokes. Please don't throw any at me. So, okay, I'll go ahead and pray. It's a, it's a good time to transition. Father, Holy Spirit, we just we welcome you this morning. You're just such a good God. We bless you. We are here. We're gathered to, together today to praise your name, Jesus. What an honor and a privilege it is to come together and do it. But Lord, we open our hearts to you. We open our ears to you that it would not just, your word would not just flow in one ear and go out the other. But God, it would sink into our hearts with revelation, with understanding. Lord, that we would, I agree with what Debbie said, that we came in one way, we'll leave another way today. God, we believe that. We're contending for that. We want to start off right with this year. We want to receive and embrace your love and truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, you know, we battled with the sickness. I didn't get it, praise God. I had little stomach things, but uh, my kids got it. You know, uh, my daughter got it and uh, on Christmas night, and it was not fun. My wife got it really bad, and she had it on uh, New Year's Eve, and so she had super bad that I had to sleep in another bed. Well, I, I chose to sleep in my son's bed. I forgot that he broke his bed the night before because he jumped on it. 
So it was a little lopsided, you know. But the music, there's live music, and the windows are shaking, okay. And I'm like, I don't think I can go to sleep. And, and I usually, I don't stay up until 12. I'm getting old, I think. No, um, I don't stay up until 12. I go to bed pretty decently early. It's really early for some people, about 10, 10.30. But it was like super loud. I was like, I can't go to sleep. This is ridiculous. And then my dog started flipping out, started barking because all the fireworks. And I was like, oh, man, this is not fun, right? And so I went downstairs, slept on the couch. The, the fireworks are still going off. It's about... One o'clock in the morning, and it was a rough night. That's what my dog said. But um, <laughs> sorry, but yeah, it was a hard one. It was a hard start of the new year for me. It was a little hard because everybody was sick, and but I just sat there and I was just like, "Wow, Lord, I just I believe that this next year." is going to be a big year. 2020, it's, it's going to be a year that we have clear, sharp focus. I believe that. In Proverbs 21, 5, the plans of the diligent lead to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. We could see here that Solomon, King Solomon, reminds us all to, that planning leads to abundance. But hasty decisions and decisions without accurate planning will lead to poverty. You know, I, I like this quote here. If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. Do you know that gyms purposely, who here signs up at the gym? Yeah, I'm going that route right now. <laughs> gyms purposely will allow hundreds upon hundreds to sign up, and they go over their capacity what they can handle because they know that several people are no longer going to continue to go to the gym after January. They go, okay, well, everybody will have the goal. Everybody wants to start off right, right? They want to start off right, and they're all excited about it, but they never finish. And, and that's true for many of us, Right? We get, we get super excited, we're super zealous, um, we're super determined, we're going to do this, this is the year where we're going to do this, we're all in for everything, the gym, I want to eat right, I want to love the Lord, I want to con- go to church consistently, I want to do all these things right, but there's a shift that happens, difficulty comes, a shift of schedule takes place. Then we kind of lose sight a little bit, and the vision is not clear. They were just kind of going through the motions, right? Then we go to a place where we don't even try. What am I doing with my life? Where am I going? Depression comes, and we just settle for the next year, just another year, right? We've, we've been there before. But I believe that this is the year that we are going to go to the next level in every way. I believe that. Nothing will fog our vision and our focus this year. And I want to challenge you today 
If you don't have any goals or you didn't make any goals, this is the day that you start to make goals. I believe, though, if you also, if you do goals, you start off well, but you're also going to finish well this year. And to do that, we obviously need to have a disciplined lifestyle. It's hard, but it's very necessary. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, it says this. Do you not know that the, the race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get the crown that will not last. But we do it to get the crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself not be disqualified for the prize. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So we need, right here, I see that we need to welcome a self-discipline and a perseverance lifestyle. Who here needs more discipline? Yeah, all of us do. But, you know, back in the day, runners, they would actually be really strict in their training. They would abstain from wine, meat, and if they're married, hopefully, sexual intercourse, for up to eight to ten months. That's how disciplined they were. Eight to ten months. They were all in. Right? They were all in. They did whatever was necessary to stay focused and to win the race that was set before them. My question is to you today, what do we need to abstain from? What do we need to abstain from? And what areas can we grow in discipline and be more strict in? So just let you think for that for a second. As I shift, it's really good that we contend and write down our goals and go after it this year. But I want us to really focus on the number one priority. Number one priority. Who here has priorities? We all have priorities. What's your number one priority? What are you seeking first? We all know through Scripture, we see it in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and everything shall be added to you, right? In Matthew uh, 22, 37, or 22, 37, and other places, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. We see in John 14, 15, if you love me, then you'll keep my commandments. We see all through Scripture, don't put, you can't serve two masters. There's, and the Scripture goes on. We see this, that it goes on and on. The Bible is clear that Jesus should be the number one. Yes, going to church is good. Coming to church is good. Being involved is good. Doing life together is good. Giving time, treasure, and talent is good. 
but I don't think it's the top of our priority. It is a priority. Let me be clear. And it should be. There's priorities that shift. There's priorities that stop, that change. But I believe that being involved and coming to church should be engraved as a priority. Definitely. So I'm going to read out of Luke 10, 38 through 42. And many of you have heard this before. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or needed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will, and it will not be taken away from her. We can see here that Mary had the right priority, sitting at the Lord's feet and listening to what he was saying. We could see, too, that Martha, she had the right thought. She welcomed Jesus in. That's the right thing. But she was carried away on doing things. How, how many times do we just get carried away of doing things? that we lose sight of the first priority. We could slip into doing all these things that we're unaware of the opportunity each day that we have to fall at Jesus' feet. What, do I mean? what does it mean to fall at Jesus' feet? What does it mean? Well, it's spending time with him, having intimacy with him. It's waiting and waiting there and listening hearing him. It shows that when we do that, that we honor him in his rightful position as our king, as our savior, as our friend. It also, it, it's saying that we trust him. You know, there's many benefits. And I've come across people that have actually said, you know what, I, I want to follow Jesus' feet because of the benefits that I will receive. But that's the wrong mindset. The most important thing is that he opened the door and he says, come. I've saved you, set you free. You have the opportunity to fall on my feet and know who I am and you know who you are. But I do want to touch a little bit on the benefits that do come when we spend time with him. See, we begin to have truth. You know, a lot of lies and a lot of like social media and all the things that are going around pour out lies. Pour out lies about who we are and who God is, but it's not the truth. And, and I've come across a lot of people that receive that as a part of them. That's not the truth. And they walk in that. And it's harming them. It's beating them up. But the truth will set you free if you be with the truth, with Jesus. And so we could see that it's complicated, it's confusing, but as Jesus said, I was born 
and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. John 18, 37. We could pursue him and receive forgiveness. We could pursue him and receive rest. Who here needs rest? We all need rest. I'm telling you, I think this day and age, it's so easy to skip Sabbath. Oh, I just got to do the next thing. I got to get this done. I got to get this done. But I want to actually challenge us to get back to that place of Sabbath and rest. And that's a place where we'll receive, if we're tired and overwhelmed by problems, huh? Come on. This is the place that we're going to receive rest. Come to me, all of you who are tired and have heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Matthew 18, or 11, 28. It says it right there. He'll give us grace. He's given us so much grace. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Mercy. Acceptance. He'll accept you. The number one lie is, is that there's just no way I, I could spend time with Jesus because everything I've done. The Lord accepts you. He says, come to me. He's not going to reject you. He wants you. He's excited about you. He's longing for you to come and spend time with him. Do you know when you actually enter in and spend time with him, he's like, oh, that's my daughter. That's my son. They're not far off, way over there in the corner. He wants to embrace you with his love and speak truth over you. He gets super excited. God that created the heavens and earth gets Super excited when you enter in and to spend time with him, to fall at his feet. Out of everything that he's created, he gets super excited about you when you do that. It's something to celebrate, guys. Come on. Let's go. Thank you, Jesus. We get joy. You know, this is a place where we can have joy. You know, the state of the world and the conditions and everything, all the chaos weighing us down. But Jesus wants to restore joy. I believe that. It says this, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. How are we going to do that? By spending time with him. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you. That my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be complete. John 15, 9 and 11. We'll receive breakthrough, I believe. We'll receive healing, freedom in areas. We'll receive peace. Who knows that there's, there's storms that come in our life, right? There's hardships that come. We need, to, we need to pursue the Prince of Peace. He's the one that can settle the storm. He's the one that can bring peace in the midst of chaos. Where he can give us peace no matter what's going on around us. That we can do the miraculous. He'll give us courage. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that David, one of the reasons why he had so much courage is because all the time he was spinning with God in the secret place. That when time came when everybody else was afraid to face the giant, he wasn't. See, when 
We invest in the quiet times, in the unknown times where nobody else sees us but the Lord, and we pursue Jesus at his feet. I believe that it's opening the door there to conquer giants. And not just our giants, but other people's giants. That's what I believe. He wants to give us strength. And what I love, one of the most things I love with the benefits is his presence. Anybody experience his presence? It's so good. When we receive his presence, that's something we look forward to for eternity, guys. But we don't have to wait until we die to receive his presence. We can receive his presence each and every day. Each and every day we have the opportunity to pursue him and to have his presence. You know, and what I love too is that we can fully be embraced by his love. You know, we, we, we're looking at other things to, to fully satisfy us, other people's love to fully satisfy us. But I can tell you right now, it's unperfect. You're never going to be fully be satisfied by other people's love. You're always going to want more or you're not going to get what they're trying to give you. But God's love is perfect. He's the only one that can fully meet that, that longing in your heart. He's the fully one that can fully satisfy it. I believe that there's, there's much more to this list. But I want you to go into that place and sit at his feet and figure that one out, those out. Amen. I want to share a story. And the story is, I had a buddy of mine that, you know, had a past of using drugs. And he went into the Air Force, and he encountered the Lord when he was in the Air Force. And it was awesome. He was all in, 110%. Very zealous, very on fire for Jesus. Started Bible studies all over uh, Air Force Base. And right after he was done with that, he became on staff at a church. But he was doing, 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 nonstop. And I could see that he was kind of getting burnt out. I'm like, hey, man, you, you have to get back to the number one priority. That's falling at the feet of Jesus. That's having the time with the Lord. You ha- you, you're not doing that. And I can see it, and it's clear. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. But then he continued to do what was going on. He was just serving, serving, serving. And... <clears throat> You know, his, his best friend died. It was his grandfather. And on the way to go see him, he committed adultery. Then when he went back home, he started using again. Then when he came back, obviously he lost his job. He went into shame. He went into the place of, who am I? I don't know what I'm doing in life. But he went to college, and he just settled for a long period of time. And I kept encouraging him. I said, hey... You need to get back to the number one priority. You have to get back to the number one priority. He knew what I meant. But he didn't do it. He relapsed again. I'm right back into it. He came to me and he said, what do I need to do? And I said, you know what you need to do. You have to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get back to the number one priority. To sit at his feet. And so he chose to go across all the way over to another state and 
place himself in this prayer room. He said, I'm not leaving this place. I'm going to receive breakthrough, but I'm going to contend for the rest of my life to fall at his feet. I have good news. He always uses, the, he always uses this phrase, I'm never going to lose sight of the number one priority. The Lord used him in a massive way to, to treat... Uh, touched thousands upon thousands of people in the streets. He started his own company that was Christian-based. He has five kids, awesome wife. And when I talked to him, he says, hey, guess what? I still put Jesus as my number one priority. Come on. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, I see this over and over again. I encourage you know, I used to work at the Central Coast Rescue Mission. I used to encourage, I said, hey, if you want true breakthrough, it's not just being clean and sober. Because I'm telling you, if you want true breakthrough in your life, it's just not doing good things. It's not keeping yourself busy. It's not just going through the motions. If you want that breakthrough, it's putting Jesus first in the center every single day. Pursuing Jesus, falling at his feet every single day. I'm going to challenge you today. This is a call that we're all called to. And not just a few people in here. We're all called to do that. We're all called to fall at Jesus' feet. And it's, it's good to uh, evaluate yourself. This is what I do all the time. I sit back each week to month and go, am I, really, am I really putting Jesus as the number one priority in my life? Am I really doing it? Because, you know, your life gets busy and, you know, it gets hard. I get that. But we really do need to take a step back and just reevaluate and say, well, am I doing what I'm called to do? But this is also an awesome opportunity to do life together with other people. You know, we come here together you don't come here together just to hear me speak or Chad speak or other people speak. Yeah, we want to challenge you. But the thing is, is we're called to do life together. We're called to challenge one another to go to the next level. We're called to say, hey, how's life? And you're not supposed to go, oh, yeah, it's okay. Right? But we're called to, no, how is your number one priority going in your life? How is Jesus, is he the number one? How is your time doing? It's been a little rough. Amen. So a prayer that I always pray and a declaration is out of Psalm 119.37. It says, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me, give me life in your ways. I just pray that over everybody here, God, that you turn our eyes from looking at worthless things and that you give me a life in your ways. That you give them life in your ways today. I believe today is a, a day of new beginnings. I believe that. And in Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, it says this. Forget, let me say that one more time. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making a way in the wilderness 
and streams in the wasteland. It is time, I believe, to forget the former things that is keeping us from going to the next level. I believe that today is the day that it is time to forget about the former things. And also, what are, are we dwelling on and holding on to today? What are we dwelling on and holding on to us, holding on from making us go to that next level and running? Well, I want to share a story. Many of you know my testimony. I was born with a severe learning disability. I was in a handicapped class all throughout high school, uh, from elementary to high school. Very ashamed. I didn't didn't read at all, just kids' books. My very first book was the Bible that I read all the way through. The Lord healed me, delivered me, but he, he called me to go to college. And I was so far behind in, in college, so I had to work a little harder. But I started off, I went to marine biology class. And I never went to a lab class in my whole life, so I didn't know the terminology. So I was like, what are they talking about, right? So, so I, a few things that happened that tried to remind me of the former things and remind me of my past. It started to bring up things. And one I'll share a few of the stories. One of the stories is we were doing this um, debate, and I didn't, even, I didn't even know what we were speaking on. I asked the leader, like, what are, we supposed to, what are we speaking on? I don't even get what we're speaking on. He's like, oh, you got it, you got it, you got it. I'm like, no, I don't got it. You don't, you don't understand. I don't, I don't got it. And obviously he figured out I don't got it because I stood there. <laughs> and I stood there. And I don't know what I'm doing. And I froze. And, you know, the teacher, he's kind. And he's like, oh, well, obviously he's kind, he froze, so we'll give him another chance. I'm like, don't give me another chance. Don't give me another chance. <laughs> so they gave me another chance. And I stood there, and I froze again. I didn't even know what I was talking about. I'm like, what are we talking about? You know, and it was very embarrassing. And I was just thinking, man, like, what am I doing? The next time was, as I had, a, I had a tutor, and we had this huge project we had to do, like 12 pages, and I was like, I don't really get what we're supposed to do, and she's trying to help, and she's like, I'll just do it, and I was like, ah, I don't, that doesn't seem very right, but okay, well, you know, <laughs> so it was my fault for doing that, but uh, I said, okay, but then she gave it to somebody else to do, and so we're sitting in class, and the teacher just stops. He said, I just want to let you know that plagiarism, you can get kicked out of college for plagiarism. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I wonder, I wonder if that's me. I don't even know. <laughs> so at the very end, I go up. I was like, I just want to confess something. Like, I didn't even do my project. Like, somebody else did it. So I don't know if that was me or not. Like, he's like, actually, it was you. I was like, well, okay. He's like, but you know what? I want to give you another chance. And so he gave me another chance. Praise the Lord. But, but I almost at that point quit because it was reminded of, well, I don't think I can do this because there's just no way. I was being reminded of former things. I was dwelling upon the past. There's just no possible way for me to do this. But the Lord came through. I turned to Jesus, I was like, wait a second, Jesus is doing a new thing in me. He's doing a new thing. He's healed me, he's set me free, he's called me to go back to, you know, to college. 
He's called me to, to go to the next level and work harder than I have ever had to do before because I'm so far behind. He's called me to go to that place. And he's doing a new thing. But sometimes we can hold on to all those former things that we're unaware and we don't see that he's trying to do a new thing. You guys get it? So Paul, I want to bring up Paul the Apostle who... His name was Saul. And he gave the order to kill many Christians. Right? And, but for Paul to go to the next level, he had to forget former things of the past. That's what I believe. But, you know, several times I believe that people will come up and remind them of that. Don't you think? You say, well, aren't you the guy that killed our family? Like, forget the order to kill our family? Aren't you the guy that used to use? Aren't you the guy that did all this stuff before? Aren't you the guy, right? Sure. Has that been brought up before? Yes, sir. People remind us of our old identity and what we used to do all the time. But we can't receive it and we can't walk in it because the Lord wants to do something new. And I believe, I believe here that Paul saw this in Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. Come on. It sounds like me here. Sounds like that we are called to move forward towards the goal, to go to the next level. That's what it sounds like to me. To see Paul actually get it. Do you know that he actually got it and that's what actually changed the wor- helped change the world? Because he got it. Do you imagine if we actually got it that we could change the world. Get it? <laughs> but <laughs> be, there will be a pop quiz later. <laughs> I believe that that's the same. That Jesus used 12 you know, disciples. He used several people in the Bible to change the world. But he wants to use you too. That's what I believe. Thank you, Lord. In Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, since we we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing... Let me say, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scoring its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Yeah, fixing our eyes on Jesus. I believe, as as we saw Jesus, he, he went all the way. Because of love. 
We love because he first loved us. How, if we are called to go all the way, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is love. For us to get to the next level, there are areas that need to die. Say it again. For us to get to the next level, there's areas that need to die. What is hindering us today? What is hindering us today from going to that place with Jesus? I believe that there is going to be freedom and breakthrough today that's going to be broken off so we can actually run. So we can get to that next level today. Maybe it's a kind of shame. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's distractions. I would like to say that that would be a huge deal for many Christians. It's, is that we settle and we, we get so easily bored. And I'm going to go out straight out and say it. I, I have heard this once and I love it and I want to use it. God is not boring. We are boring. <laughs> so when we meet with him, we go, I, we can't have the attitude of, oh, this might be boring. We are boring. I want you to go in with the attitude of God. God, you are not boring. You are, you are amazing God that you want to reveal so much to me. And you have so much. There's so much I can learn. There's so many excitements. There's so many testimonies. There's so many cool stuff that you want to reveal. That is exciting. I, I tell you, my whole relationship with God has been exciting. Why? It's because I don't go in with a mind frame of, Church is boring. People are boring. God's boring. The Bible's boring. I go in with the excitement of, well, I'm excited what you want to teach me today. Oh. I'm excited what you want to reveal to me today. I want to, I'm excited what I'm going to see in the kingdom today. If we go in with that mind frame and that heart, I'm telling you, watch out. It's going to be exciting, not boring. I want to actually challenge you today to always go in with that mind frame. If you have that mind frame of God is boring, I, I pray today that it would be broken off of you today. God is exciting. This is the day that we move to the next level. Let's allow Jesus to cover all these things. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's get back to the number one priority. Maybe we've slipped and we haven't been putting him first. But today is the day, I believe, like I said before, that we leave this place, we put him as number one. So we're going to do, next is we're going to do communion. And as we go in this place of communion, I want to welcome the worship team up here as well. I'm hoping that you know, several of these things spoke to you in a way. But as we take this communion, I want us to really think of what Jesus did. He, he bought us with such a great price, not for us to settle. Not for us just to be okay with where we're at right now, but to contend and always go to that next place. Believe that his body was broken for you and his blood was, it covered you today. And as we take this, there'll be worship in the background. But what I want us to do is to really focus. And also, it's an opportunity to repent, meaning 
when I say repent, means to shift our mind frame and our focus on Him. On Him. Kingdom mindset. When I repent, God, I, I ask that I, today, that there be no more excuses, that there be freedom and breakthrough today. That I fully want to put you as number one. Let's have a mind shift today. Let's have breakthrough today. Amen? So, Lord, as, as we receive communion, I ask today, Lord, that it would sink in our hearts deep. It would be real. I ask that there would be fruit today and fruitfulness. I ask, God, that it wouldn't just be a challenge and then we forget about it by the end of the month. But I ask, Lord, that we accept the challenge and we contend and run with perseverance towards the goal to win the prize. When distractions start to come, Lord, that we be aware and that we focus our eyes upon you. God, we want to meet with you each and every day, all throughout the day. Love has a name and it's you, Jesus. Let us fix our eyes upon you today. Break through completely today.